Hey, what is up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here, and I want to personally welcome you out today to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. The website, super easy to remember, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and check out the entire back episode of the podcast, listen to all the episodes, download them, share them, check them out. Hey, and if you're looking to move to Utah, if you're looking to move across town, get in touch. I'm a licensed realtor here in the state of Utah. I'm on the Be Heard in Utah team at Keller Williams, and I'd love to help you out. My number, 801-244-2908. Give me a call, shoot me a text, and uh, yeah, I'd love to help you out. Anyway, let's get into this uh, episode of I Am Salt Lake podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Anyway, we want to welcome everybody out today. This is the first episode of 2022. We're going to do something a little different this week. Uh, A lot of people are always asking me like, hey, I want to get to know you, Chris. I want to know your story. You're always interviewing all these people on the podcast. I want to hear your story. So this week, I'm having a good friend of mine, Rob Adams from Thanksgiving Heroes on the podcast He's here in the studio. He is going to, he's going to be the one asking the questions this week. And, uh, anyway, go, I'll, I'll let you, uh, take control over here, Rob. It's going to be hard for me. I'm going to want to keep interviewing you. Here, you know? <laughs> well, Chris, I'm excited to be here. It's, uh, I've been a fan now. I've been listening to your uh, podcast since we met. And I have to tell you, um, the opportunity to interview the interviewer yeah. is a big deal. So I'm honored for the opportunity to sit across from you and talk about your story and how we got to this point. And I've got a ton of questions for you. Are you ready to go? Dude, let's do this. I, I'm an open book. So seriously, nothing is off topic here. Well, the reason that I was excited to talk to you is we're on, um, episode 528. Now I know a lot of people who do podcasts and they are uh, a flash in the pan. And here you are, you've been doing this now for, um, almost, well, this is the 10th year, 10th year, 10 years. And that is something that is huge. That is is such an accomplishment, but I want to go back a little bit and kind of find out like what makes you tick, what makes you persist in doing something? Cause this is hard work. There's a lot to a podcast about, um, booking the people and, and thinking of the timeline, doing the research, asking the right questions, but let's go back to where, where it all started or where, where are you from? Born and raised in Ventura, California, right? A Cali boy. I don't know if you've ever been to Ventura. I have. It is a beautiful little town, uh, right on the ocean there. I grew up, it was probably 10 minutes from the beach walking. Oh my gosh. You know, so right along the beach there. I was born and raised, lived in the same house. I mean, that's, I literally born in that house that I was, uh, I was uh, raised in, in California. My mom is a bit of a hippie type. Uh, had me at home back in the seventies. Very born brave. In 1977. So wow. kind of gives you a time frame of, of the era I was born. The interesting thing, even though it was, it was in the city that I was raised, my mom always wanted to pretend we lived on a farm. So we, we raised goats and chickens and ducks and, and, uh, I mean, we had all kinds of animals. I mean, <laughs> my brother got into, you know, tarantulas and, wow. and rats and snakes and, and all that stuff. So I had an interesting childhood. So were you on a lot of land or was this all like in a neighborhood, like right in town? So it was kind of a mixture of both. It was on the outskirts at that time. It was the outskirts of Ventura Hmm. that I was living in. Uh, If people are familiar with that area, right off of Ventura Avenue, I was born. Uh, There was sort of and sort of not. Maybe an acre of land, Hmm. maybe not quite that much, but 
my mom just liked to push the limits and like, let's see how many animals we can get before the neighbors complain. <laughs> uh, I think the neighbors did eventually complain after we had like four goats. We, we started raising goats for 4-H. I was heavily involved uh, in 4-H. Wow. And uh, we were raising them for, for me, you know, just, just as market goats. And, you know, four of those. And then with chickens and, and, and all of that, it starts to kind of smell. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it gets noisy. Chickens can be noisy. Goats can be noisy. So did you have uh, take an active role in raising these animals? You were out there every day rolling up your sleeves and. Every day, man. Had to feed the chickens, had to, you know, clean the chicken coop out, had to, uh, you know, clean the goats, walk the goats brush them, I don't know, bathe them, whatever, wow. whatever was entailed with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was at, oh, gosh, I had to be no older than 10, 12 years old at that time. Cause did I, you, did you spend much time with the ocean too? Or were you mostly just on the, the I'm going to call it the farm. Th well, that's the thing is I never got into the ocean or the beach. I never got into surfing or any of that really up until right before we moved away, I was 15 years old. So it was about that time I had friends getting their license and kind of, you know, getting a little more mobile. And so they were heading down to the ocean, getting the boogie board, taking the surfboards. Hmm. And so I think if we would have stuck around in Ventura, maybe another year or two before we got to Utah, then I, I think it would have been a little harder for me to move away. I was into skateboarding and stuff. So that really wasn't hard as long as I moved somewhere with, with asphalt or, oh, sure. or cement or so here we are now, we, um, we're 15 years old and we're moving to Utah. What, what brings your family out here? The honest truth. That's all we're looking for. The honest truth. And this is going to just really, I mean, especially in this day and age, uh, my mom it was one of those uh, anti-government, uh, let's live off the land, hmm. let's become self-sufficient, uh, let's move to the country. So she found some property out in Manti. Okay. Mount, Mount Pleasant area, Manti, Mount Pleasant area. And, uh, there, there actually was, was a handful of people that were building like this commune type situation. Hmm. And she built this house that was run off of a generator off the grid. I mean, there was like bomb shelter in it underground, wow. uh, all this, this wacky stuff. And I say wacky loosely. I mean, it's kind of cool if you really think about it. Yeah. I, I, I wished Eventually, my I have an older brother that's uh, four and a half years older than me, Rob, and uh, both of us, we were like, we don't want to move out there, Mom. We're city kids. We want to ride our skateboards and, right. and you know go to punk rock shows and, and and do that. So we eventually just sold that property, sold the house, didn't even move out there. But that's what brought us here hmm. was. Again, my mom just wanted to uh, to to kind of live off the land and and kind know, of escape a little bit. Escape, yeah, yeah. Because again, I, I I don't think we got into. It. I was homeschooling, you know. I uh, the, my mom was homeschooling us and doing all of that. So it was all that. I don't know what's that word, you know, uh, urban hippie farming yeah. type thing, you know. Yeah, I'm married to one of those. She's all about the homeschooling, and there you um, go. We just got chickens, and so I can appreciate it. And at first, you know, if you're uh, not used to that kind of thinking, it is kind of it's kind of wacky. Um, but the more that I'm around it, and like sourcing our own food, and it's great. It is great, and the food tastes really good. We have a garden, and I really enjoy the heck out of that food, and and so I appreciate that. I do think that if I were to move um, from the from someplace as cool as Ventura, California, to a place like Mount Pleasant, Manti area. And it's 1993, 94, and I'm 15 years old. That would be quite a culture shock. Like what, what was your feeling when you first got here to Utah? 
at first I was excited to just move because it was like, oh, this is something new. This is a new adventure. I can meet new friends, just new, new everything. If I remember correctly, you know, you're 15 years when I was 15. And, and, and I think most of us, when we were 15, it's like, we liked our friends, but we didn't really have like deep, solid friendships, you know, at, at least if I, my memory serves me correctly. So I was excited to try it out, something new. Okay. But then it's one of those things that when you actually get into it, you're like, okay, we're not just talking about it anymore. We're right. actually doing this. Right. And it was like, you know, realizing, hey, mom, there's like a lot of teenagers that are getting into drugs and pregnancies out here in Mount Pleasant. There's not a lot of, a lot of options, right? right. Yeah, especially at that age, friend-wise and and uh, social, you know, and uh, especially doing the homeschooling thing. I was a little concerned about uh, uh, back then, especially. I mean, come on, I'm 44. I was 15. Yeah. Homeschooling was not popular like no. it is today. No. So uh, I, I, I know there was a little bit of worry there. And that's that's if I my memory serves me correctly. I was I was just like, I don't like it. So that's where we, my brother and I, we kind of talked my mom out of moving that. So she just eventually bought a house in, in Provo. Has been down there ever since. So did you live in Mount Pleasant when you were 15? Never, never, never actually moved there. We, we just built the house. Built the house. Built the house. And then, the house, and then we, you, when you got here, you ended up living in Provo. We, yeah, we were renting a house. Like when we first got here, we were renting a house right by the Provo Temple. Oh. And uh, moved around Provo and Orem a little while, while we were building the house in Mount Pleasant. And um, when my mom eventually sold that, took that money and then bought a house in very nice down in Provo. So, all right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys, utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things, medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to Tim Pickett. I don't know if you guys remember back on episode 420 when we had him on the podcast, we found out about medical marijuana here in Utah. Now utahmarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast. They have a team of medical cannabis experts that make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that because not only do you save $25, but it also lets them know, hey, I'm a listener of I Am Salt Lake podcast. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Head on over to their website as well, utahmarijuana.org. Tons of resources about medical marijuana here in Utah. Uh, you could listen to the podcast, Utah on the Weeds, on, on there and find out about all of their locations that they have here in Utah. Again, the website, utahmarijuana.org. Go check it out. Go support these guys. And many thanks to, uh, to them for sponsoring this podcast. Now we fast forward again, doing homeschooling. Did you graduate at the 17, 18 years old or were you a little bit younger? It seems like... 
Those kids are graduating a little younger. I actually never officially graduated. That's what's wild is, uh, so I moved out to Pennsylvania, actually. I was I was fed up with Utah, right? Like, Had enough. Well, so I was, I was heavily involved. I don't know if you're familiar with straight edge culture at all. I am. Uh, I was very heavily involved. I was vegan, straight edge, uh, you know, no drugs, no drinking, uh, and then vegan, no animal products, you know, no meat, no dairy, no eggs, nothing, right? And so I was heavily involved in that community. And at that time, it was a very violent community here in, in Salt Lake, That's in right. Utah. And so I was fed up with that. I didn't really like it here. I was like, oh, you know, all the Mormons, I, I, you know, I don't like all of them, which, you know, hey, I was young. Okay. You know, I, I asked for forgiveness. I like the Mormons now, you know, nothing <laughs> against them. But so I was like, I got to get out of here. Where do I go? I had some friends in Pennsylvania. Took off out there, moved out there for about six years. What? How old were you when you? Uh, 18, I think. 18. 18, 19 years old is when I moved out there. Hmm. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Didn't really have a game plan. Uh, there was a guy that I met at a music festival that I went out to out there. And he had an extra room. Huh. So he's like, hey, do you want to come and live out here in this extra room? No, you know, no lease, no strings attached. See if you like it. And, uh, sure. Why not? I sure. Why not? I got a job at the gas station, like across the street from there, like within the next day or two, if I remember correctly. Where in Pennsylvania. Do you know where Wilkes-Barre, uh, it's like Wilkes-Barre Scranton. A lot of people oh, know, know Scranton, Scranton. Yeah, because yeah. of the office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's about, it's right between Philadelphia and New York city, a hmm. couple hours each direction. And then, Beautiful and country then, there. Yeah, loved it. Loved Winters it. though, huh? Winters were were kind of reminding me of some of this winter. Yeah. Really icy and a lot uh, of overcast, uh, slushy and and a lot of icy. But yeah, the humidity can get you. But well, let me ask you this. And I've um, I've never um, had a conversation with a a full grown straight edger. Uh, well, I'm not straight edge anymore. Oh no, I'm I know. <laughs> but, um, it is. Um, it's a it's a culture. It's not just a. A style. It's everything. It's how you eat. It's how you think. It's who you hang out with. What was so attractive about, about that when you were that age? So I met a kid, I think I was about 17 years old, uh, late teens, 16, 17. And I met this kid skateboarding. And I remember he asked me and this other buddy of mine, if we drank and I didn't drink at this time. Uh, I, I just, never really was attracted to it and never really knew what to say. You know, you know, when you're, when you're that age, 16, 17, you're like pure pressure, but yet anyway. So I remember saying, I didn't drink. And then he got excited. He's like, Oh, I'm straight edge. Da, 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 da. And I didn't know what it was, Sure, but he started telling what it was and, and what his beliefs were and what he was all about. And here it is. I mean, he seemed like this badass guy. I mean, he had tattoos. I mean, he was he was uh, involved in like the punk community, which I was, you know, really really involved in that. You know, going to a lot of shows and stuff. And so I was like, this is great. I don't have to drink. I don't have to smoke, and I can still be a badass. You wow. Know? And um, I can't remember exactly how it how it happened, but somehow I started getting connected. Even though I was living in Utah County, I was getting connected with the Salt Lake straight edge kids hmm. started coming to shows, started getting involved. And I actually created a, um, a mail order company, uh, like a little distribution selling, uh, magazines and records and tapes. I started selling them at the shows. And so that got me really kind of grounded in the community, started meeting more and more people. 
it was just something nice about just being accepted, man, hmm. and being part of a part of a community. Isn't that kind of what we all want? Yeah, yeah. And we all want to be in a, at that age in a tribe that we have uh, common beliefs and per, perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly with the tribe thing. So, you know, I've never really been much of a drinker uh, and, and all of that. So, even even as I got older, so at that time, not wanting to drink was just. Natural. It, it, natural yeah. and then to have a good reason. It wasn't like, oh, you're just a Mormon, you know, or you're just a goody two shoes or it was like, oh, I could still be cool and not drink. So right. that's kind of the attraction there. Interesting. Well, I love that. And what, um, just out of curiosity, like what were some of the, uh, the bands that you were following that you were big into at that time? My, go that, ahead. Oh, oh you, you knew, do you know some of the bands? Oh or? yeah. Okay. Okay. Like some of the bands I'm trying to think. So one of my favorite bands, there was a band, Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis. I don't know if you're familiar with I'm them not. at all. But they were one of the first official vegan straight edge bands. <laughs> so and then a lot of their songs were about, you know, uh, against factory farming and, and, and stuff like that. And so it really was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, one is like, you know, stabbing smokers and drinkers and stuff. <laughs> and here's the thing is in my brain that sounded, oh, that's cool. I didn't really want to actually act on it. No one needed and to be I, stabbed. And then I actually found out there were some people that did that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, that's um, it's a pretty that's a pretty tough culture, and they got a kind of a bad rap there for a minute. Yeah. And so, um, I like that you uh, you didn't you identified with the a few of the things, but it's time to go. I'm headed to Pennsylvania. Let's let's go. So there you are in Pennsylvania now. Yeah, and you're on your own basically. On my own, and um, you're so that's what are you now? Seventeen, eighteen? Well, no, no. So in Pennsylvania, it's closer to probably eighteen, nineteen. Eighteen, nineteen. And uh, I actually met some people through this. I did this like V and straight edge fanzine magazine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever saw any of those. Like this was back, we were creating these on typewriters, right? Before computers. So we were kind of creating our own magazines, you know, copy and paste, go down to- What do you mean there was a time before computers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so so I met some kids out there doing that. And that's how I got connected with with some other straight edge kids in in Pennsylvania. They were a much better group of people. Hmm. Much, you know, just about doing, hey, this is a personal thing you know, but about the music and about the the community and about all of that. Hmm. So, um, yeah, what was your, sorry, I got kind of sidetracked there for a second. So just, um, while you were now in Pennsylvania, you're on your own, you're, yeah. you're taking care of your, you know, buying your food, making well, sure you're doing all my own thing, man. doing all your own things. I mean, that's, um, you're pretty young to get started out. What, what would you say was like one of the most memorable, um, things that happened in that period? Probably just even just trying to like, figure out how to make it work. So Mm. I didn't have to like come home to mom with my tail tucked behind my legs, you know, but as far as like memorable, just like, I remember having to get places on my bike and it was like pouring rain. I I, I remember this and just being like, wow, I miss my mom. (laughs) I am so grateful for my mom that used to drive me around. Right. Like stuff like that, that you don't, you take for granted truly until you move out on your own. Right. Right. This adulting thing's harder than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so stuff like that. Cause I didn't have a car right away, you know, and I didn't, I didn't save like, I didn't, I, I can't remember how much money I had, but I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And so I didn't really plan properly. You just were out on a whim. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm a pretty likable guy, though, I like to think. So I met people pretty quickly and easily. Sure. I love that. 
All right, we're going to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, the Salt Lake Barber Company. I love talking about them because I've been going there. Gosh, it has to be six or seven years now. Isaac over there, he has been uh, giving me top-notch haircuts, top-notch beard trims. They are located at 10 East 800 South, and they're offering haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, which one day I will try. They are a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing barbers to always provide the highest quality experience while in the chair. They do take walk-ins if they're available, but you can get a guaranteed appointment super easy by going on their website, saltlakebarberco.com, select the services you want, select the barber, and you got yourself a guaranteed appointment. Again, their website, saltlakebarberco.com, Head on over, check it out, go support these guys because when you support them, you're directly supporting the podcast. And many thanks to the Salt Lake Barber Company for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Um, well, seems like uh, that period of time being out on your own is going to force you to grow up in a quick hurry. Oh, yeah. And um, I love that. Is And when you were in Pennsylvania, then um, what you, did you come from Pennsylvania back to Utah? Yeah, so the quick story, I, I got involved with a girl in Pennsylvania. Uh, we were actually engaged to be married, the whole nine yards. Serious stuff. It was a very, it was probably my first real girlfriend. Gotcha. Really, like real, real girlfriend. You know, you had your teenage girlfriends, but but this was my first real girlfriend. But you have to also remember, I'm 3,000 miles away from home, right? So I think it was a little bit of a coping mechanism as far as, her family became my family. Sure. Right. And so I got really attached to all of them. And so when that relationship ended, it was really hard. Oh yeah. And so that was where it was like, I need a change of scenery here. Yeah. I mean, I, it got bad. I mean, even down, I mean, we can go down some tangents. I thought there was no reason for living anymore. Oh, yeah. I thought there was no, I mean, cause Hey, she broke my heart, man. She right. broke up with me, you know? And everything's so permanent at that and, age. It's so big. Yeah. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And before that, I said, I'm never going to go back to you. When I moved from Utah, I was like, I'm never I'm going back there. Place. I'm done with it. Because yeah. I never wanted to come back here. Sure. But I was kind of, you know, stuck. I didn't know what to do. My mom's like, hey, I know you. And, and if I remember correctly, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't, it wasn't like I had a lot of options. My mom's like, hey. Your brother Rob can fly out there, help you drive your car. I had a car at the time. Uh, come back to Utah. You got a place to stay. You got family out here, blah, blah, blah. And I knew I needed a change of scenery. But I also told myself, you know what? If I'm going to go back to Utah, I'm going to move to Salt Lake, right? Because I, I was living in Provo and stuff before that. Right. No, no disrespect to Provo, but it's especially at that time, oh, yeah. it was a much different place. So, uh, I'm like 24, 24 years old when I moved back to Utah and I said, I'm going to move to Salt Lake. And that's what I did. I think I, I think I, I moved in with my back in with my mom for uh, a few months. Get your feet. Yeah. Kind of get my feet, you know, grounded. Uh, I think I got a job at a call center to save a few bucks and then found a room in Salt Lake. And, and it's just kind of been history ever since I've been, you know, kind of everywhere in this valley from Salt Lake to, to Ogden really since 
gosh, 24, 44. So that's 20 years. Yeah. Really. Goes fast, doesn't yeah. it? Wow. 20 years. 20 whole years. That's what's great. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I love it now. That's the thing is I love Salt Lake. You know, I, once you get the, once you get in your, your home, that's, yeah. that's what I've, that's what I've found. A lot of people come and nobody leaves. Yeah. That's so that's, that's amazing. So 24 years old, you're, you're now living in Salt Lake city. What are you doing? What are you, what are you, uh, what's, what's keeping you busy? What's keeping me busy? Well, I'm trying to think here. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, I've had, I had different jobs. I had different uh, things that I did. The main memorable job that I did though, that this, that could be, a, it's an interesting story. A lot of people don't know this part of me is uh, I was a full-time eBay seller for like five years. What does that mean, an eBay seller? Well, you're familiar with eBay, certainly, right? Certainly, certainly. Well, I, I decided to make it my full-time job. So just buying and reselling stuff on eBay, right? Wow. So, so I met this girl. Always a girl, right? There's always one. And she worked at a uh, at a rec at like a, a CD store, music store back when there, when music used to be something you'd buy. The gray whale. And the gray. She, I, actually, I think it was a gray whale yeah. and, and bountiful that she worked at. And uh, her manager would go to thrift stores and buy things and resell it. Right? Hmm. Not the not the most uh, you know. It's a pretty simple concept. It's a lot of high end things. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and, but at that time it was like, well, that's weird. That's new. I mean, I go to thrift stores and I see that stuff. I mean, if I could resell that. And so I started kind of dabbling in it, realizing I can actually make a lot of money doing this. Wow. And, but I got really heavily into vintage clothing, hmm. vintage jeans and t-shirts, old concert shirts. Wow. Um, uh, butterfly collar shirts, you know, button down, uh, a lot of the old vintage Western shirts and cowboy boots. And, <laughs> and, uh, I did that for five years. Uh, it was very, it was a lot of fun. Go to estate sales, would drive all up and down, uh, to all the DIs from Logan to St. George. And just check them out. Fill the car up with, with clothes. And, and the reason I actually decided to stick with clothes is because they were very easy to mail. Hmm. You don't have to worry about things breaking. Hmm. You know, I, used to, I would mail things and they would break and then you'd have to file insurance claims. But you mail a t-shirt or jeans or a sweater. I mean, that's... It's a done deal. Worst thing that happens, it doesn't fit them. Give them a refund, they send it back. Right. right? So that was kind of... That was kind of... Um, what made me kind of hone in on that. And then obviously doing that, it was like, well, this is really cool. And I really got into it. And I still, to this day, love vintage clothing. You know, I could tell you, look at it and, and almost tell you, you know, all based off of the stitching it's this year. And I mean, I really learned a lot in, wow. about, about vintage clothing. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing. I always am. Um, as I've grown older, I'm surprised Chris at, um, the things that people know about things and then yeah. how little I know about anything. There's just, I've never thought about that, but it's, I can see that if you looked at that, it's, that's a double stitching with a, and that was only made for a certain period of time. And so it's a little more valuable. And so I could see there being a lot of, uh, information yeah. when, when it comes to that. So that's, that's awesome. And, and I'm in my early twenties. I didn't want a normal job. I've always been the entrepreneur type. Okay. I've always been the type that's like selling records, selling record, getting, go back to the straight edge yeah. days, selling the records and all that at, at shows. And then, and then going into eBay and doing that and, and selling, selling stuff on eBay. Again, I just, I like to set my own hours. I like to know, Hey, I work hard. I can make more money if I work hard. You know, there's, there's no, there's no ceiling. I love that. So that, that's kind of uh, part of the story too, really. Well, being an entrepreneur, um, is not an easy thing. No. <laughs> and, um, I, I feel like 
most of the entrepreneurs that I know um, that have a business, they've always been that. They've always had um, a hustle. They were always doing something, mowing lawns or selling candy or something, but they were always out there because of the the excitement of of doing it. And so I'm seeing this pattern happen in your life over and over again. Did you have any other businesses that, that you were, uh, you were growing or trying out? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm gosh, no, really. I mean, I've had different ones. I mean, as a kid, you know, going around selling uh, lemonade or, or rolling the neighbor's trash cans up for a nickel, but uh, <laughs> you know, actually there was another one that kind of, I, I don't know how old I was, but I used to make tie dye t-shirts. Cool. And I actually uh, figured out how to make a decent amount of money selling them because I, I started selling them door to door. No kidding. Who who would ever see a tie dye person selling shirts door to door? I never saw it, but I can't remember what happened. But I was like, why don't I sell these door to door? And I mean, I would sell out like every day I would take these out. Wow. And I would just I, it was down in Provo. You know, I wasn't selling for a lot, like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, sure. or you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, that was, that was kind of a little side hustle I had. And then I think if you can sell anything door to door, you can sell anything. Yeah. But I, I guess it is mostly just that. And, and, oh, I had a record company actually. A record company. Yeah, actually. So yeah, that, that was a little different. That was, that goes back a little further before I even moved out to Pennsylvania. I wanted to create like a little record company. I wanted to, you know, there, there were these punk and hardcore bands that, you know, they, I don't, do you ever see those little like 45 records? They call them the seven inch records. Sure. They're usually maybe one, two, three songs on a record. You know, they're not a lot, a lot of money to, to produce, but I was like, I'm going to start putting some of those out for you some, your own label. Some, yeah. My own label for some of these bands. What was, the na- what was your label? The label was called unjust <laughs> unjust. Cause that was the name of my magazine that I did unjust magazine. Like, you know, the world's unjust. Yeah. You know? So uh, there was a band actually from Salt Lake called Trip Hammer, hmm. uh, a hardcore band. Maybe some of the listeners are familiar with them. And so with them, and then there was another band that I got connected with out of Seattle called Harkonnen, hmm. which if I'm not mistaken, they're still around Wow! to this day. And I've, I've different members. I don't know if they're the same members or whatnot of that band, but. I wanted to reach out to him, but it was just those two bands. But I, I, I wanted to do a, do a record label. That's what I wanted to do. And Very cool. And then I moved away and and kind of used some money. I think I was saving for the record label to, to kind of fund the move. If, sure. Now that I'm connecting the dots, but uh, that was kind of a fun little adventure. I love that. Well, we have a, we have a pretty good picture. We have a homeschooled boy moving here from yeah. California. Traveling the United States, because that's a vastly different culture, Pennsylvania to Utah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then coming back again and deciding this is the place, as they say here. And, um, you know, kind of you you set down some roots. Utah's home now, man. Utah's home. This is where you're going to be. Yeah. And then um, now let's jump a little bit forward. You uh, podcasting is the rage now. Everybody wants to have their own podcast. It's because I do one. Yeah, it's because of you. You're one of the OGs of podcasting. (laughs) But 10 years ago, not so much. It wasn't such a um, huge, huge uh, medium for delivering these messages. And so what was it that you thought, man, that sounds like something I'd be interested in? The thing that got me into podcasting was the fact that I didn't have to write. I was, at that time, you have to, this back. let's go back to like 2010, 2011, 
blogs were really big. Yeah. Everybody did a blog. I mean, they're still big now. I mean, right. people still do blogs, but that was kind of the, the, I mean, video wasn't really popular yet. That was kind of the way people got their information distributed. And I would try to blog, but I was just, it just wasn't, it wasn't coming to me. It's a different skill set. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend suggest, well, why don't you try a podcast? You know? And uh, at that time, this, again, this is 2010, podcasts have been around for a few years, but they really haven't taken off. Taken off. Right. Yet. So I started kind of looking into it and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, I listened to, you know, I would listen to like This American Life that was on the radio. I'm like, oh, they do a podcast of this. Okay. And then I would check out some other podcasts. I think that's one of the first ones I listened to yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people listen to that. There's a podcast out of Salt Lake called Geek Show. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Carrie Jackson from Radio From Hell does that podcast. Oh. Still to this day does this podcast. And I got kind of connected through some of those guys. Uh, at that time, my ex-wife at the time, or my wife, now my ex-wife. How do you say that properly? I never know how to say my. that. My, well, she wasn't my ex-wife at that time. So yeah. anyway, I always feel funny. My ex-wife. Uh, she was friends with one of the guys' wives on the podcast. And so we kind of got connected that way. So I would listen to them talk about their podcast geek show that they would do. And then my other friend that was telling me to start a podcast instead of doing blogs. And I started kind of, my mind started kind of like, huh, what should, should I do? That sounds cool. I've always liked talk radio, you know, it just, it made sense, but I didn't know. I mean, how do you start a podcast? Right. You know, I didn't know the first thing about it. And I, you know, I just started kind of looking and researching my wife at the time, my ex-wife, she was good. In some of her advice, some of her advice, not so much, but one of her things, because she knew I was the type to kind of start things and, and quit them too. Gotcha. You know? I think a lot of people are that way. So she's like, well, why don't you just, uh, she, she was nervous that I would spend a ton of money on podcast right. gear. It gets expensive. Exactly. So she's like, why don't you just uh, see, you know, maybe buy a microphone, try it out for a little while, blah, blah, blah. So I actually bought a microphone, the same, uh, same microphone, actually, I think you're using now, Rob, if I'm not mistaken. Man, this microphone's seen some lips. <laughs> and so uh, I just plugged it into my laptop, man, started recording that. Well, actually, actually, I take that back. I recorded the first three episodes on an iPhone 4. What? So, yes, the, the, I'm right on your iPhones. I just kind of, you know, back and forth, kind of directed it to the mouth. So the first three episodes of the podcast were recorded on an iPhone. Wow. That was how frugal I was trying to be like, well, let's see if I like this podcast right. thing. And then I bought a microphone. Gotcha. Bought a microphone. And then I bought like, I think I did 10 episodes, bought another microphone and just kind of slowly collected gear. And, uh, at, you know, at first I didn't know. I was like, well, you know, I, I wanted to do something to give back to Salt Lake, right? Like I, it, like I loved Salt Lake, but I was like, well, I don't play a band and I, you know, I don't sell something at, you know, uh, at the, you know, the farmer's market or something like that. What can I do to give back to the community? And that's, that's where the kind of the podcast in my mind as a way to get back to, to Salt Lake. So, uh, I just kind of slowly kind of put it the pieces together and uh, it just kind of gave me a project to do, you know, a, a hobby. I was meeting cool people. And then eventually somewhere I just got this like addiction, man. An addiction. I, it, it, it's hard to explain it. Like at this point, I don't know what I would do if I didn't do this podcast. This is who you are. It's like part of me. I love that. Well, let's, um, let's talk about the forming of the podcast. I, the, okay. Yeah. Um, I've, I started a podcast and I, um, 
have gotten a coach and looked at a couple different things. And the thing that I find amazing about this, Chris, is that you, here we are 10 years down the road. Like, did you have a theme? Did you have a, like, how did you come up with a logo? How'd you come up with a name? Like, how'd you put this all together? Again, this goes back to my ex-wife. She made women's clothing, uh, would, you know, just buy the fabric. sew the shirts, dresses, anything that women can wear. And she would sell them at the local markets, okay, farmer's markets, street fair, stuff like that. So that was really kind of my introduction to the local uh, small business community, right? Okay. And the podcast idea kind of got tossed out there at this time, you know, a couple people, you know, back to the, you know, hey, you should start a podcast. What do I do a podcast about? You know, I'm like, we don't live in LA or New York that I have all these famous people to interview. And I didn't really know otherwise, you know, that was how I knew a podcast. So uh, I was, I was at the downtown farmer's market right there on, on 400 South. And it hit me. I was like, why don't I interview these people? Why don't I find out what makes them tick? Why do they work? You know, a lot of them have a nine to five, then they come home and work their five to nine, yeah. right? Their little side hustle. And going back to my other stories, that's always been something that's interested me and intrigued me. So, Hey, why don't I find out their story? I would find it interesting. I'm sure other people would. Sure. Right. And so I was like, you know, each person kind of influences other people. And especially at that time, it was a much smaller city. You got to remember 2011, Salt Lake was a much different, much smaller than it is now. And so I saw everybody kind of influencing everybody. And I think people still do, but it was like, hey, you know, if it wasn't for me, maybe this other person wouldn't do something. And, and, and you know, if it wasn't for Rob Adams, th- think of think of all the people you've influenced. So, so that was kind of where the name hit me like, hey. You know, you are Rob Adams, you are Salt Lake, hmm. right? And and that was originally how I was going to end each episode of the podcast was have the person, you know, say their name. Hey, you know, I am Chris Hollifield and I am, and Salt, I am Salt Lake. Lake. Oh. I am Salt Lake. Brilliant. And um, I don't know if I, I ever did that on any episodes. I, I should, <laughs> you know, every time I, every time I think uh, about that story, I'm always like, I should do I should, that. That's I, a great I, I should do that yeah. at, at the end of of because a lot of people thought when I started it, like, oh, Chris Hollifield thinks he's this, you know, thinks he's Salt Lake, thinks, you know, he's this big narcissist, you know? Hmm. And that was really never what it was about. Right. It was about spotlighting other people. Yeah. Giving them the time. Because a lot of times, as you know, as somebody who doesn't, you know, an awesome nonprofit, you don't get a chance to share your story. Right. And at that time, you know, we had City Weekly and Slug. But they can only get to so many people, certainly, right? They can only spotlight so many people. And so that was kind of the thing. It was like, hey, let's find the people that don't get the spotlight. Yeah. Because we we know a lot of these people's stories. Right. But let's find out about the, the guy over there that makes granola. You know, yeah. why, why is he making granola? What happened to get into granola? <laughs> you know, so that was kind of the idea. It was, it was it, you know, at a downtown farmer's market. And and it's just kind of, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is a, I, I want to say a lot of people. But I know three or four people right off the top of my head told me, oh, that's a dumb idea. Don't start that podcast. You'll get nobody to listen to that. Hmm. You know, oh, you'll be done in 30 episodes. You'll be done interviewing people. Yeah. (laughs) Thank goodness you didn't listen. No, seriously, though, right? That's amazing. All right. So um, here we are. We're doing the podcast now and we've got we've got uh, a couple of microphones. We're upgrading our equipment yeah. and we're moving forward. Are, are you having a how difficult is it to find people to interview? You said that you were surrounded, but being surrounded by people and thinking it's a good idea and actually doing it is two different things. So you're approaching these people now. What was your experience back then or now? 
Back then. Well, back then it was hard. A, nobody knew what a podcast was and nobody knew who I was. Right. Right. So to try to approach somebody to say, hey, come talk to me for an hour. Come we'll record or, or it. X amount of, well, however long, you know, yeah. and we'll record. What? What is that? Well, it's kind of like uh, internet radio, talk radio. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh, this or that. And you'd have to explain it, you know, or send them a link and be like, here, you can listen to an idea what it's about. Oh, okay. I understand. What, what's that? You know? Yeah. And so it, it was, it was difficult. Uh, and I remember having to reach out to a lot of people and, you know, I can't, I don't remember the exact number of, of declines versus regular, but it was, it was difficult. Now it's a completely different story. I mean, and we have the podcast book through like March. Yeah. People are now. lining up to uh, be on. People are lining up and pretty much, I mean, you ask somebody and, oh yeah, sure, sure. You know, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are like, yeah, I like what you do. I don't really want to be on the microphone though. Yeah. And you have to respect that. Sure. But um, it's a lot easier now. People know what a podcast is. Well, um, looking back, if you were to uh, look back and see this uh, young Chris Holofield um, out there hustling, what, what was the lesson? What was the big, your big aha at that time? Like, what, what would you say that would be? When you were first starting the podcast, what were you learning? What was? To keep showing up. Keep showing up. Consistency is key. Consistency is key, man. I love that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep people depend on you, whether you realize it or not. Hmm. Maybe depend isn't the right word, but they you become part of their life. Hmm. Especially when you're doing something like a podcast. They count and on your they count material. on you. And if you don't show up, and I and I and I really think that that's really had the biggest one of the biggest attributes to my success is is the consistency of that. I tell people all the time that I'm showing how to podcast. I'm like, just keep people, people want to know that you're going to be there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day you release your podcast. And if you're not, they're going to find another show to replace you with. Hmm. Right. Cause there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Let's say you listen to a podcast on your drive into work every Monday. All of a sudden that podcast isn't there. You're going to look for another podcast. Right. All of a sudden that other podcast becomes part of your routine. You forget about the first one. Hmm. Maybe you go back to it. You just lost a listener as that podcast host. Wow. Right. And that's that way for me with my shows. I know it's not that way for everybody. Everybody has different listening habits, but I believe that that has to do with a big uh, part of it. And then part of, and actually you, I know one of your questions earlier was like the logos and, and, and websites. And I, and I, Chrissy's actually the one who's done all of the, the current logos and designs and artwork. I mean, when I first started this man, I just, I just went on, uh, on Fiverr. I don't oh. know if you ever used Fiverr. For sure I have. And it was just garbage logos. And 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 I think I threw a website. It was like some, do you remember like GeoCities and, sure. and all of that, right? It was some kind of builder like that. It wasn't a GeoCities site, but it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. So Chrissy, I, I met Chrissy three years into doing the podcast. Okay. And that's where she, she was like, this guy needs some help. And, <laughs> and let's do a professional logo. And, and that's actually another big thing that added to my success. I think when, when you, when you look successful, people treat you as success, you know, for sure. And, and especially with sponsors and stuff like that, they're like, okay, this, this guy's legit. Right. You know? Yeah. You think you're saving money, 
Yeah. But you're hurting yourself. Yeah. If you don't uh, take care of those important things. I mean, that's, that's your calling card is the, sometimes the website and, and your logo and those things. So I can appreciate that. Well, now we're moving on. We've been in, we've been doing podcasts. We're starting to gain a little bit of momentum. What would you say is the very next mile marker in your podcasting um, experience? And just so you know, listeners, um, Chris doesn't know I'm going to ask these questions. I'm throwing him kind of like some curveballs here. And he sits back and he looks up at the ceiling. <laughs> what would, what was that? What would that be? So I want you guys to know that this is unscripted Chris. And so I hope that you can enjoy this. So you want to know kind of the, uh, the next like big moment as far as like, it was probably when I realized I could do the podcast full time. Wow. But you could, you could do this for a living. I could do this. I could do podcasting for a living. Wow. Whether that's a mixture of sponsorship money or actually, you know, doing other thing podcast related, whether it's teaching people to podcast or editing other people's podcasts. Gotcha. But to me, it's all the same, man. It's all just mixed in. It was at that time. And I think it was a, it was, it was, it was a tough realization for me because I had a day job, but, and even though I knew I could quit it. It was scary. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if I should or if that was the best idea. Again, that entrepreneur type thing where you don't know when you're going to get your next paycheck. Right. But I knew it. And so and, and at that time, Chrissy, Chrissy was involved in my life and she kind of gave me that big push. Hmm. Boom, here. Do it. Do it. Do it. We, you can know, make, let, we can make it work. We can make it work. Wow. And so I think it was it was quite a bit of coaxing on her end. Yeah. You know, and lucky to have her. I was very lucky to have her. I was scared shitless <laughs> because so I had a, I was working at Contempo tile selling granite slabs. I, I was at that job for 12 years. It was comfortable. The golden handcuffs, right? You're, you're comfortable. You're making just enough. And I, but I knew maybe, maybe in January, they'd give me another 25 cent raise. Yeah. You remember those jobs? Fingers crossed. Let's give you a 50 cent raise. Chris, you, you did good last year. Yeah. So I knew I needed out of there and I knew I didn't want to be there and I knew it was a dangerous job. So, uh, Chrissy's like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you focus on podcasting? We were actually talking about having a kid. Right. And, uh, she's like, you know, I already did the stay at home thing with my three oldest. Why don't you do podcasting and, uh, you know, stay at home with, with Lucy. And, uh, that's what I did, man. Wow. And that was a really big, memorable shift of the podcast. And, uh, it was tough. I, I, you know, as, as kind of to move forward a little bit with, you know, getting into real estate, which, which we'll get into here shortly, but I, I realized I could make money, but, but maybe not raise a family type money. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, I mean, I could, but it also depends on the lifestyle we want to live. Certainly. Certainly. So that does bid our, my next question is here. We have a successful coaching, um, editing podcast. You have your sponsors, you have, you have a lot of irons in the fire and you think to yourself, you know what I want to do? I think I'm going to sell some real estate. How did that happen? It actually goes back to about episode. Uh, it's all podcast related, man. It's all podcast of how it started. About episode 170, we had a, 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 a person on the, a guy by the name of Cody Derrick. Hmm. I don't know if you know Cody Derrick. He, I don't. City Home Collective. Are you familiar with those guys? I am. City Home Collective downtown. 
I got connected through a friend. We were looking for we were looking for a place to record the podcast. Actually, that was actually a big big thing I struggled with in the beginning. Is I always lived in small apartments, and so that really wasn't condu- you know conducive to recording. And and anyway, uh, I had a friend who was like, "I need to introduce you to City Home Collective. They have this great basement area. Where maybe we can record the podcast." Blah blah blah. They're you know so they're realtors. Hey, my envision of realtors at this time was old men in suits that they bought from like the DI, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe they, maybe they had big gold chains, you know what I, I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of paint that picture of yeah, what, right. what I thought most real estate agents were. Anyway, I meet Cody Derrick and here is just this young hip guy, pretty close in age. If I'm, if I remember correctly. And I started listening to him talk and like his 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 love of Salt Lake and how he wanted to create the city that he wanted to live in. He's like, hey, you know, I've traveled to all these other cities. I've, wow. I've lived in London. I've lived in L.A. I've lived here and there. But why not make Salt Lake the city I want to live in? Yeah. And there that hit me, man. Like I was like. Dude, that's cool. And I met some of the other agents out of out of out of his office. And I mean, I was like, this is really cool, man. I I need to look into this real estate stuff. This is cool, man. So always ticking around in my head, right? And then I started getting messages on people being like, Hey, I'm gonna move to Salt Lake. Where should I go? Hmm. You know, moving from out of town. Then I'd get an email from another person saying, Hey, I was up for a job transfer. And I found your podcast. I decided to move to Salt Lake because of your podcast. Wow. Right? Wow. And I'm thinking, man, there's something to this, man. Got a sponsor. One of our sponsors for a while was uh, a, a local, an, another local real, realtor, uh, Market Source Real Estate. Uh, yeah, Market Source. And before Lucy was born, before my four-year-old was born, I can't remember exactly, but I remember talking to Chrissy and being like, you know, editing podcasts and doing all this is great, but I want to, you know, it's, it, it's very, it's just a lot for, for, for the type of return I'm getting. I'm, you know, having to, you know, you feel like a bill collector trying to get money for sponsors, you yeah. know, people aren't paying. And there was just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that I just wasn't all that stoked on. So I'm like, Maybe I should get my license to become a, a, a real estate agent. Even if I just, maybe I just sell one or two homes a year, you know, through the podcast. I'm sure. Like, even just that could, could make the difference, make a difference. Yeah. Right? Well, I didn't get it wrapped up in time. I didn't, I didn't get all my studying done in time before Lucy was born. So I got kind of distracted when she was born. Life happens. Oh, you know, da, 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 you know, yeah. whatever, you know. And, and so I ended up not finishing up. This was, this was four years ago, right? Well, the pandemic hit. Okay. 2020 hit. We're, dun, dun, we're, dun. We're, we're all stuck at home. Yeah. And uh, I, I, w- I was talking to Chrissy and I'm like, hey, you know, we're all here at home. We're just sitting around. I'm like, I cannot shake this idea of getting my real estate license and becoming an agent. I said, and out of all honesty, I really want to go in head first and do this full time. This is what I want to do. You know, and, and, and you got to, I'm, I'm talking to agents during this whole time I and mean, bringing them on the podcast, getting for, I mean, there's so many of them in Utah. It's hard not to be a friend with a somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I signed back up at Stringham and start doing the online thing where again, we're stuck here at home. So I'm just getting through it really fast, crushing it. 
and, uh, and passed and did it and got it all and, uh, took my test and got my license. And here I am today at Keller Williams, actually where you're at. That's so, right. uh, that, that's, uh, we met actually outside of there though. They, uh, through, wasn't it through Tristan? Yeah. Yeah. A good friend of ours or mine, I guess. I don't know how well, you know, Tristan. Yeah, well, just online. We're connected online, but uh, he's, he's been a big part of my life for years. And he's, I was talking to him about doing a podcast and he's like, you've got to talk to Chris. Yeah. And so I think we spoke on the phone a few times and I think we even met once for coffee Yeah, and uh, talked about my idea for the podcast. And um, the thing that I liked about you was that you were very, you weren't selling it. Yeah. You were just like, okay, that's cool. But have you thought about this? What about that? And try thinking about doing this. And it's important you consider these things. And so you were giving me all of these, these things to think about. And I used a lot of that information as I moved into doing my own podcast. And I apologize if I was a dick to you or anything. If I was- no, no, you were, um, you were obviously passionate about the the art form. And, yeah. um, you, when you're around someone like that, when you're around a guy that's, um, played the guitar his whole life, he, talks like a guy that's played the guitar his whole life. You know what I mean? He doesn't tolerate fools. And I really appreciated that about you. Cause that's the way I, I feel about the things I'm good at. You know, I, let's, if you're serious about it, let's talk about it. And yeah. so getting into real estate, it was a, is a huge jump. It's a huge jump as far as, um, what you've done in the past in one way, but in another way, you've always been kind of that mindset looking to provide value and something that you were passionate about. Um, and to help people. And I mean, that's, people. that's how I looked at it, man. Because the way I looked at it was like, I love Salt Lake. Why not help people find their dream home, find an area that they want to live in and that they can be proud of. Yeah. Right. And I felt like I was the guy that can do that. Sure. Right. Or even helping people move here. Like, Hey, I can tell you about the cool coffee shops. I can tell you about the cool, you know, places to get a, a burger or where to go check out a concert. Anything. And, and, I mean, I'm like your, uh, you know, the host of of the city. Right? Yeah. You know, I'll you are Salt Lake. L- listen to Salt Lake. I'll yeah. sell you a little bit of Salt Lake. Yeah, right? you know. Well, and it's meaningful. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is a lot of people don't realize um, when you sell real estate, you're not just selling a um, future garbage when the battery runs out. You're selling them a family member. Yeah. Um, I've drive down the street and I'll I'll look down the street to see if someone's standing in the yard of a house I haven't lived in in 20 years because that was my house. It's meaningful. Yeah. And so I like that you have that. I'm I'm here to help people that mentality. So how's real estate going? Dude, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I actually got on a really cool team. Thanks to you. Actually, you got kind of connected. Well, you, you connected me there. Uh, I guess you're good friends with Brian, who's actually going to be on the podcast in February. I got him coming on in February. Oh man, I'll listen to that one. (laughs) Brian heard great guy. I love it. It's I want to say this on the, on the mic or on, on the, on the quote unquote air, I guess, you know, we're not live. Real estate is a lot different than I thought it would be. I think realtors make it a lot more glamorous online. And then the reason I want to say this is for people to listen, to even know what realtors really do. Like we're not just sitting around collecting paychecks. Yeah. We're not just opening doors. Yeah. We're not just uh, doing nothing. Right. And just seeing all the, the things that behind the scenes, the paperwork, the phone calls, just everything. Right. Um, I mean, you know how it is, Rob. 
Well, I think um, social media makes it seem like anyone who knows a realtor, they see them on vacation or they're at another closing, but they don't see the hours the person spent on the phone and all of the work that goes into it. And I feel like a good realtor really earns every penny they make. And um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work. And um, the television shows that are out there that make it look so glamorous that, you know, within 30 minutes with commercial breaks there, they've wrapped them up and they're in a brand new home in Manhattan. It's just not it's not very accurate um, depicting what it is you do every single day. And that is something that you're really good at is building relationships. And um, those relationships need to be based on trust because this is the largest financial decision of their life. And so um, I think it takes guts to be a a realtor. And so I want to hand it to you, like showing up every day. And I see you showing up every day, doing your job. Well, thank you. That's a big deal. Not, there's not very many realtors out there that are as committed to the art as you are. So good job. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's such an interesting thing to sell, especially right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, with, with homes going up in, in, in value, they're blaming it on us. And it's like, it's not our fault here. No. I mean, I've had people yell at me about that. Is that right? What? It's not my fault. Wow. Yeah. We, uh, we have a huge shortage right now and it's, uh, it's some heavy lifting to be a good realtor. Yeah. So yeah. Oh man. Well, a little bit back to the podcast. I mean, for 2022, a question that Brittany Hemingway asked was what's your goal or theme for 2022 with the podcast? Well, my, my life goal with the podcast, with business, with everything is transform. That's my word for the year. Transform. Transform. That's a better question (laughs) is what is your goal for the, for, for 2022? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because everything, I mean, even down to the podcast is, is transformations. I need to, at the end of the year, I want to almost make myself unrecognizable and the podcast unrecognizable hmm. in a good way. Tell me about that. So for the, with the, for myself or the, for both or podcast or. I think they're hand in hand. I think that Chris changes, the podcast changes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is the year for the podcast. And I know I've talked about this, but this is the year that I'm actually going to build out the garage for the podcast studio that we're going to build out a full media Hmm. studio. Wow. Uh, I know, again, I've talked about this for the last couple of years. COVID kind of came and distracted us and. But I'm like, hey, no more excuses, especially now with real estate. I'm like, I got to start doing some video. Mm-hmm. No more of this, just audio only. So again, the transformation into video. I'd like to do more podcasts than just one episode. I don't know if it's just a Buy Salt Lake to do another episode or to do something else. We'll see what happens there. But as far as myself, I mean, a complete mind shift, mind shift, mind shift, mindset shift. A little bit of a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. So I'm heavily working on that. I have a lot of my own limiting beliefs that I'm working on. And so that's uh, just where the transformation, man. What are you doing to work on those things? Like, what is it that you do that, uh, because a mindset is a habit. It's a lifelong programming that you and I, each of us go through, um, that either, um, creates our beliefs or our limitations. And so a mindset thing is something that isn't like changing your underpants. It's, it's a, it's heavy lifting. It's something that has to be done. So tell me, what is your plan on changing your mindset? Well, there are things, I mean, there are things that I've done over the last few years. I've just never had guidance. I guess you would say there are things I knew you should do, read good books, maybe go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. 
But since I've gotten into real estate, and especially since I've gotten involved in the team that I'm on, mindset is a big thing uh, with the team that I'm on. Certainly. And so there, there's a lot of guidance with actually steps that you could take. Um, there's a program. I mean, are you familiar with Ninja Selling and uh, that whole program of that? That's that's realtor nerd talk. A lot of the 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 ideas of that are being implemented. But things that I do, I mean, I do I do my affirmations. I do um, uh, visualizations. So you want me to run through my morning? I can run through a morning. I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah. I think that that's where we're headed. I'd like to know because uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people, um, especially now in this in this time in the world, there's a lot of waking up. There's a lot yeah. of people who are in transformation. Sure. And uh, mindset is the the foundation of of that. If you wake up with a bad attitude and you carry that throughout the day, well, you're going to be surrounded by a bad attitude. Absolutely. And so you're starting off the day being intentional in creating this mindset. So let's talk about that. How do you start your day? It's shifted and changed through the last few years. Um, I'll give you the current version, but the biggest thing that made me realize years ago, I, I, I kind of came to this realization on my own because I started noticing that most days I would just jump out of bed. The alarm would go off. Oh crap. I got to get to work in 15 minutes, throw on a shirt, maybe, you know, eat a pop tart, you know, something really bad for you and, and, and cussing out everybody driving down the road and just, Oh yeah. And, and, and that would, your whole day would just, you would just be set the tempo. Yeah, exactly. So I started realizing that if I started waking up earlier, having some time for myself, focus on my own thoughts, do my own thing, I had a much better day. And so through the years, I've kind of honed it down to, to different things. So my current routine is, and I know this sounds crazy, Rob, I get up at 4 a.m. I hit the gym up, go down to Planet Fitness down the road, um, go down there for about an hour. Okay. Uh, get back here and then I do some meditation and I do some journaling. I do, actually, I, I think, I don't know if you shared it on your podcast, you shared it the five minutes, uh, you just start doing a brain dump of everything you're grateful for. I am thankful you know, for. Yeah, I'm thankful. I am grateful that's been a big game changer. I've noticed. I used to just do like three things and then I'm like, oh, I'll do five things. But I like that five minutes, man. There's something about that that really gets you in that place. So then I do that. Let's see what else. Are your meditations guided or is it something that you've just practiced throughout the years? You have your own practice? So the meditation, I enjoy a guided meditation. And um, do you have a favorite that you like to listen to? Which, let me actually, my mind's blank here. So I'm going to pull this up. Insight Timer. Are you familiar with that, with that one? So I've struggled with different meditation apps, Headspace and Calm. Yeah. Didn't like the voices. Okay. I'm very particular about voices. Uh, I'll, I'll turn off a podcast if I don't like the voice within minutes, right? Within minutes. Yeah. But insight timer, I found it's free and I like, I like, I found a few on there. I bookmarked, but that, that one works really good. I I like the music. I just, I kind of just shut my eyes and kind of let it kind of guide me. And I do some visualizations with that. And I do that for about 20, 25 minutes. And when you're visualizing, what are you visualizing? Like what's going through your mind? I like to visualize what my future looks like. Oh. I like to visualize myself doing things like uh, uh, driving my dream car, pulling up to my dream house. Feeling it. Uh, feeling Being it. What, it. What would it feel like touching the, the steering wheel? What does it smell like? <laughs> what does the sound like? 
what is it, you know, going into my, my dream, who's there, who's in my home? What does it look like? No carpet, carpet, you know, is it walls painted is, you know, so I like to visualize kind of, you know, get that brain prime for when it does happen. Right. right. Um, you're leveraging, you're manifesting, you're creating yeah. the world that you want. And but, I'm still learning a lot about it. manifesting is, is a, I don't know. You could probably teach me a lot about that, Rob. Um, I'm learning too. The thing that I've learned about manifesting is that we all are doing it, whether we know it or not, we are creating our world around us. And if we choose not to believe it, that's still a choice. We're still going to manifest what, no matter what we choose. And so I love that you can see your car and your house and, and you're pulling up to it and you're feeling it because um, it's not just enough to write it down and say, I want to live in, Beverly Hills, you have to feel what it's like to live in Beverly Hills or to write down, I want to be a successful real estate agent. You have to feel that. Like, what does that, how will it feel when I hit that point? I feel so good. And who can I help? And how does it look? And who lives there? And I love that stuff. That's exciting. There's a book I read this year, Alter Ego. Have you you read that book? No. Uh, My mind is, I listened to a podcast with this guy on there. Alter Ego? Yeah. I forgot what the guy's name is. Um, but I listened to a podcast interview and that's, that's how I stumbled upon this book. And I, then I read the book and basically it's creating an alter ego. Like that's, you know, who's your, your, I mean, we all kind of do it to a degree. Like we have our, you know, you have your, your, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you do it. You know, when you go home, you, yeah. you're, you know, you rob at home yeah. and there's realtor there's rob, realtor and there's rob and there's turkey rob and all these yeah. different robs. Yeah. And so but this kind of gets you into it a little bit more with almost creating, you know, whether your alter ego is even something as simple as Batman or if it's, you know, uh, you know, an actual real person, you know, or, you know, and it, it kind of helps you break it down to kind of how to get there. Hmm. And I kind of always struggled with that. And and reading this book, it just, it made it kind of fun and exciting. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this isn't creepy and weird to, hmm. to pretend I'm you know, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family or something. You ever watch that show? That's, yeah, I, love, oh, yeah. I, love, I love Phil. Oh, one of the, um, one of my great mentors always said, who do you need to become in order to have the things you would like to have? Yeah. Because if I was already that person, I would already have those things. Exactly. And so as I'm manifesting into my life, that's a question I ask myself a lot. So I'll check the book out. That's Please do. Great. Please do. We've talked about a lot of things. We've come a long ways from Ventura, California to, um, selling real estate and what matters to you. Um, as you look at 2022, your your word was to transform. Transform, and I love that word. Transform your yourself. Transform your podcast. Um, what else? What else in your life are you looking to transform, dude? Just even my family's life, right? Like for the longest time, Chrissy has carried so much of the of the of the burdens here. Really, right? I'd love to. And when I say burdens for financial burdens, just everything as I'm kind of doing these things, you know, whether it's trying my own podcast stuff out and then getting into real estate, I would like, I'd like to give her a little bit of a break of that. Right. Right. Where it can be like, Hey, it's my turn to carry you a little bit. I love that. Hey, I'd like to, you know, let's, let's, you know, the family hasn't been on a good vacation for a little while. Let's take the kids down to Disney. Let's plan something. One of my things, you know, as I, as I, as I created my goals and my business plan for, for 2022, you know, I want every, every 90 days to go, go away on a three day weekend. Chrissy and I, we just need to get away. I love it. Even if it's just somewhere close, just, we don't do that enough. Both of us are, are workaholics. Yeah. We're constantly working. It's just the type of people we are. So those are a couple of the things, just more time with the family, man. 
that's really probably the, the biggest thing. I mean, these kids are growing up so fast. Yeah, they'll be gone soon. You know, when I first started dating Chrissy, her oldest was like 12. Now her oldest is uh, will be 18 in February. Like that, so fast. So it, uh, yeah, they grow up so fast. Well, let me ask you a question, uh, some personal stuff really quickly. We've talked yeah. a lot about business and the podcast and real estate, but in stepping into your personal life and getting to know... Um, getting to know you a little better. Um, what are your thoughts on at this time of year? We're at the very beginning of 2022. What are your thoughts on setting goals? And um, how do you feel that? How that does that apply to you? I love goals. If it wasn't for goals, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I love goals. I've been setting goals for, for years. I've never really been the best at goal setting, never really fully understanding how to follow through. I love, always love the idea. And as I've got older, you know, I've read different books, watched different videos to understand, uh, you know, how to set small goals to work up to big goals. But I usually start goals a few months in advance. Okay. I like to start, I like to start thinking of new year's resolution, September, October ish. Yeah. Uh, that's when my mind kind of starts thinking and I like to implement it before, uh, for the new year. But I, I love it. I think everybody should set new year's resolutions, you know, and, and don't look at it. If you don't make it, then don't look at it as a, as a bad thing. Just look at it as a, as a, as a stepping stone to when you want to do it again. When we set new year's resolutions, as we're all uh, probably thinking about that, as we're listening to this podcast, um, what do you, what have you done or what is maybe a habit that you have that has helped you achieve those goals? Because it seems to me that people have set so many new year's resolutions, they haven't performed on them. And so their goal setting muscle, if I can use that language is weak. And so to create a stronger muscle, like I'm, I'm doing this, I'm, this is gonna happen because we all say we want to lose a little bit of weight. We all say we want to live a more happy life or make more money or whatever it is, what is it that you do that makes these resolutions or this goal setting something so important in your life? Well, one of the biggest things is you need to have a why. And I know that that's such, you hear that word, at least I do in our industry, real estate, that, oh, you gotta have a why, gotta have a why. And I really think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that that's really what makes something stick, Right. My biggest why is my four-year-old. She has taught me so much about myself and she has taught me so much about what I want to do. I was almost 40. Well, no, I was. It was actually my 40th birthday. I was going down to tie my shoe and I couldn't tie my shoe. I couldn't, I couldn't reach it. I'm huffing and puffing, right? Couldn't, couldn't reach my shoe. And Lucy was just born brand new baby, uh, probably just a few months old. Cause she was born in September and this was my birthday's in December. And I said, that's it. I'm going to get a gym membership. Went over to 24 hour fitness. Cause I was like, I, I, I'm going to, I got a kid. I want to, I want to, I want to be healthy. I, I, I'm an older dad. I mean, I was 40 first kid. And, uh, it's ever been since that day, every day I go to the gym. Uh, I've been doing that for four years now. And so that was my, my big why was, was my, was my kid. And that really helped me. And then finding things, little things to celebrate. I think it's important to celebrate little wins, hmm. even if it's, uh, losing three pounds at first, right? A lot of times people think they need to create such big goals, right? Right. Like, Oh, I need to lose 50 pounds before I can celebrate. Why not celebrate at three or four pounds? Right. Why not celebrate, you know? 
and then and then find things that kind of keep you going. And at that time, uh, podcasts is what kind of. And I know that sounds silly, but it was like I was listening to so many podcasts. I'm like, this gives me another thing to do. You know, this gives me another opportunity to listen to more podcasts. So that really helped me. Uh, I, I use the gym because that's been the biggest thing that stuck with me. Hmm. That's been the biggest New Year's type resolution. Uh, I guess that really wasn't a New Year's because that was December. But other re- resolutions, just start small, man. Reading, you know, I, 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 I've always been a reader, but I, I fall on and off of reading. And uh, when I wanted to get back to reading every day again, it's become just read one page. Yeah. Let's just read one page. Just today, one page till it becomes part of your habit. Gotcha. You know, let's go back to the gym a little bit. Let's, I tell people, Hey, even if you don't go into the gym at first, just pull up to the gym, right? Pull up in front of it. And I know it sounds silly, but then you start to vision, envision that you're, you're, I, I go to the gym. Yeah. It's just become, Hey, I, you know, cause that's the biggest thing that, um, I used to be a heavy smoker, three packs of cigarettes a day. I used to smoke. Hmm. And so in my mind, the hardest part for me to quit smoking was I didn't, I was a smoker. So I had to envision. You identified as. I identified as a smoker. So I have to retrain myself and identify as a non-smoker. So it's the same thing with habits is if you're not a reader, how how can you identify as a reader? How can you identify as, as someone who journals? How can you identify as someone who goes to the gym? How can you identify as someone who drinks water, who does drink, anything? Yeah. Drinks water instead of drinking beer or, yeah. or alcohol or, or whatever, Soda. whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. And then it goes back to, I think even the stories you tell yourself in your head, we don't realize goes back to the amp for affirmations, all of that, where if you're going to keep telling yourself, Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm fat. I can't go to the gym. I'm, you know, da, 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 da. well then, you know, your body's not going to listen. Right. But Hey, you know what? I'm in shape. Uh, you know, I got the energy. I'm full of energy today. I'm going to crush it at the gym. Today's going to be an amazing workout. Tell yourself those things. Yeah. Even if you didn't go to the gym, your, your brain's going to start to believe it. Right. You'll identify as someone yeah. who goes to the gym. Yeah. I love that. That's good stuff. Well, um, what else would you, uh, so looking back, if you could give yourself advice as a, a podcaster, looking back now, what advice would you give yourself after 10 years? Start doing video sooner. Start doing video sooner. Again, I haven't done it really yet. Right. Yeah. That if I could go back and, and, and do it all over, I would have just incorporated video somehow. But again, video wasn't popular, but it's become again, one of those things. It's like, ah, oh, got to figure out how to do video now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing for me. I just don't know video that well. And so to me to like, I just know it's going to be time consuming to, yeah. to, to really figure out. Uncomfortable. But yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's something I would probably do different, but, it, but as far as just anybody, I mean, just, just don't be as scared of it. Just to jump in, jump in, realize that not very many people are going to listen in the beginning, you know, and I would have told myself that too. Be like, Chris, only eight people are going to listen to episode one. <laughs> uh, all right. So how about this new adventure you're on with, um, with real estate? Yeah. If you could look back and give that young, um, eager guy that was just, uh, getting his test done. You've been now doing it for, it's almost a year. Well, six, six months, six months, six months in June. So, I got, yeah. Well, I, yeah. What's yeah. the lesson? What's your, your big takeaway? 
that I wished I would have gone in earlier and that I wished I would have bought like 10 houses in Sugar House like <laughs> 20 years ago. Oh, do it now. You know, You'll be well, saying the same thing in 20 years. You know, the funny thing is, is, is there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I, there was a time in my life where I was like, oh, I'm going to rent until the day I die. Why would I want to buy? You know, yeah. I let somebody else take care of. But learning, I mean, once you... It, Man, once you start learning about about the ins and outs of real estate and about, you know, building some equity, building a little wealth, how, you know, how easy it really is. If, yeah. you, if you really, it's kind of sad how easy it is if you, if you get into it sooner, do it sooner. I, mean, I know that's a generic answer. I know that that's probably what a lot of people say. But I think that's what I would say. I wish I would have jumped in sooner. I wish I would have started investing sooner if yeah. I would have known that it's not as hard or complicated as you would imagine. Yeah. Or maybe I would have looked for a, a trusted partner, a trusted real estate partner, someone, someone that could help me along the way. And so I, I think that that would have been good too. It was good advice. Um, the, one of the things I admire most about you, and I thought this when I very first met you is that you're a man of integrity. Well, um, thank you. Yeah. When you, um, you tell me that you're going to do something, you do it or you do your, your, your darndest to, to make sure that it happens. And that's a rare thing in the world altogether, but um, especially as a real estate agent. And so I, it's one thing I really admire about you. Well, thank you. And then now you're a dad, you've got a four-year-old, like what advice would you give uh, the younger father? The younger father? Yeah, the younger <laughs> don't father. Don't wait until, well, I was going to say, my advice would be don't wait until you're older to have a kid. As, as, you know, I know you have a young one yourself. That's and, right. And as you know, uh, when you're older, you're just not as spunky. And as, as uh, I, you know, if I could go back and do things older, it would have been fun to, to have a kid in my 20s, you know? Oh, uh, man. Hard work. But I think it, advice I would give is to don't worry so much. Things will happen that are meant to happen. It all, it, it, everything works out. Everything works out. Right. Like, I think I spent so many years worrying about what if, what if this, what if that, what if, what if I don't, you know, the podcast isn't successful or what if it is, what if it isn't, you know, and, yeah. and or what if I can't pay the bills? Well, I mean, I guess you always worry about that, but you know, there's a lot of what ifs here I am. I'm still alive. I, you know, I, I got a home. I got a beautiful wife. I got great kids. There was a time in my life where I didn't think it, there was any point. I mean, let's go back to Pennsylvania. I, I mentioned that before. Hey, I thought maybe there was no purpose of going on. Hmm. And what would have you missed? But look at all the rad things that I've been right. able to accomplish. And so I think the it, it, with anything, kids, podcasting, relationships, just do it. Get to you work. Know, the fear will dissipate. The more you learn that, you know, you're, you, you build courage in, in, the, in why you're doing it, learn on the, none of us are experts. No, nope. we all get that imposter syndrome once in a while, but we're all trying to figure this out Yep, every day. Well, I feel like I've got a much better handle on who is Chris and what is uh, the journey to here. One of the things you asked me as uh, we ended the podcast and I was talking about Thanksgiving heroes um, was, do you have a motto or a piece of advice that you would leave with your listeners? I specifically want to couch this question in, we're on the doorstep of perhaps the greatest year of your life. Yeah. Let's just think, let's just think about it for a second. We are perhaps on the doorstep of a life changing year that you can, you'll look back upon and think this was the greatest year of my life. What advice would you give to your listeners if we could couch it in that and we could let them know that perhaps 2022 would be the greatest year of their life? One of the quotes that I try to live by 
and really has been a game changer for me is, and I don't know exactly, I'm sure you've heard, done is better than perfect. Mm. And I've really had to implement that into my, this podcast has actually probably been the biggest thing that has made me have to implement that, that, um, that little quote, because I used to spend, I don't know how many, three, four days editing an episode of one episode of the podcast. But I was like, I can't do this. I just got to get this done. And, you know, all the little things, people don't notice all that little stuff. And so I really had to, you know, realize done is better than perfect here, Chris, because if, and if I wouldn't have implemented that, I probably would have been done with this podcast into year two or three. So you could be paralyzed by the details, by the details about all the facts, you know, and you could say this with anything that you get into, right? Like you want to go try to do something or, or go meet somebody or, or get into a new career or, or whatever. And, oh, I'm not good enough. Or people aren't going to like me or this or that. And he's like, just, just, just do it. Right. You know? Or I'm going to wait until, until this, I'm going to be happy when once I'm no. going to all and of these, enjoy things. the journey while it's ha- be happy it during the journey. Okay. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's some solid advice. Um, Chrissy had to teach that one to me. Aren't we lucky to have these teachers in our lives? Yeah. Well, that's fantastic um, advice. And I, I want to uh, throw out there to the the listeners um, that have been fans for a long time. Um, Chris is doing a good thing. He's highlighting uh, nonprofits. He's highlighting businesses. Um, he's bringing people on and sharing their story in a way that uh, is compassionate and humane and, and in a comfortable place. And so um, I, I would like to encourage you um, to tell your friends about this podcast and to uh, reach out to Chris. If you have any questions about about real estate or about the podcast, um, this is a man you can talk to, you can reach out to that has integrity. He's going to shoot you straight. Um, even if you don't like it, you're going to get the truth from Chris. And it's a rare thing in this world to find a, a sounding board in this craziness. And so I just really wanted to thank you for having me on the podcast, this opportunity to interview and get to know you better and also to share your story to all of your great listeners. And um, you listeners out there, please take a minute and share this information. Get this out there because Chris deserves deserves your uh, efforts in getting this message of hope and um, in his journey to a lot of people. So thank you very much. You're very welcome, Rob. And thank you for taking time out of uh, you know your evening and coming over here and and chatting with me and, and all of that. And let me, let me tell the listeners, go back. I, I wanted to make sure I give the right episode. 509, you were on the podcast, Rob. Go back and listen to this episode. If, if, if you haven't listened, learn you know, your story and uh, you know, what made you decide to do Thanksgiving Heroes and what that's about and, and how people can get involved next year Sign uh, or, up. or whatever, you know, whenever you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to this in October or September, right before Thanksgiving, but uh, get involved. Thank you very much. What's the, actually, let's give the website of that real quick. I want to give you, you some plugs here. Right All now. right. Well, Thanksgiving Heroes. It's a dot org. We're in a couple different cities, but you want to check out Salt Lake. We have a goal to feed 3,000 families here along the Wasatch Front next year. And we're going to do it all on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And um, I collect the money. We do some uh, great fundraisers, a golf tournament, casino night, a motorcycle ride, all stuff that I like to do. And um, we get involved with large businesses. If you have a business that you think would be a good, it'd be a good team experience. We do a virtual turkey drives and we um, raise 
raise this money. And then each penny is spent on feeding local families, kids that are nominated here by local school teachers or even nominated by you if you know a family that could use the help. And then on that Saturday, you show up with a car and I'll load you up and you get to go deliver meals to a couple families. And you start out the holiday season, that Thanksgiving, um, teaching your children to have a heart of gratitude rather than a um, having a heart of need and want. They, they realize how blessed and good their life is. So something that I really enjoy. Check it out and I'd love to see you. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire back catalog of uh, episodes. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go check them out. Make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you're using these days. Uh, so whenever a new episode of the podcast gets released, it gets right sent to your uh, smartphone. And that's going to do it, like I said, for this episode. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you would like a free market analysis and find out the value of your home is currently here in the area, in the Salt Lake City area, get in touch with me, 801-244-2908, and I'd love to help you out with that. And until next week, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.